Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into the Double Switch Podcast. It is episode three, and we are bringing some of the hottest news to you this week. I am really excited to get into the show. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the obviously new pickups we knew were going to happen because this year we only needed seven days of uh, service time in the minors. Uh, obviously, the season being canceled is a possibility, but we've got our studs, our duds, and our starts of the week. But before we get into the meat of our show, let me bring in my co-host, Michael. I am your co-host, Jonathan Butler. So how are you doing today, Michael? Good, good, man. Good. It was a good uh, a little bit of a week and a half of baseball, and I'm glad it's back. Oh, God, me too. The fact that we've had games every single night, even though there's been cancellations, it's I'm glad we have it back in our life, and they're games that matter too. That's the biggest thing is these aren't inner squad games. These are games that matter for our standings for fantasy baseball and for the actual real playoffs. If we get them. Yep. No, I completely agree. And I mean, it was a, it was a good week for us. Cause uh, kind of recapping from last week, we, we said to go get Yastrzemski and he <laughs> tore the, the cover off the ball. So that was glad to hear, but I mean, so how was uh, your, your home leagues and how did you do this week in general? My main home league, the one I care about the most, uh, actually we do, we're doing triple headers every week. So we face three teams per week. We're doing six regular seasons and we normally have 21 weeks of regular season. So, so far I've got, uh, right now, if this, this week ends, it'd be 22 wins and cause each category is a win 22 wins and about 10 losses. So it's not bad at all. Good, so I'm yeah. excited about it. I've had some down performances obviously Bellinger's the guy that I was hoping would do better but overall my team's performing and I'm happy what about you yeah so I'm in my big league is a head-to-head categories and I as of right now uh, with the Red Sox Yankees game going on I, I'm still up uh, eight to seven so I, I win this week and then in my uh, home leagues with uh, some of my buddies I did a uh, co- complete clean sweep three and0. Nice. So really good start on that one. And I won in the, the big money league. So uh, no, no problems over here and can't wait to start next week tomorrow. Hey, that's always a good thing. We've, especially with us hopefully having a season, but yeah. So I cannot do math quickly. I don't know why, but I would be tw- uh, 22. Yeah. 22, 12 and one. Cause we do have a tie in there somehow, but obviously that happens. That's a solid start, though. (laughs) Exactly. I'm fine with it, and our previous champion is struggling. He's had a lot of down weeks, so I'm perfectly fine starting off the season like that. So why don't we get into some of the call-ups? Because like I mentioned, uh, with the shortened season, that means a shorter time that players had to be down in the minors, and most of that was about seven days for guys that hadn't made their debut yet. 
but we had guys like Zach Plesac and Jordan Montgomery get back to the majors. Obviously, as pitchers, uh, the Yankees needed it with Jordan Montgomery. They've had some struggles and some injuries. And then Zach Plesac, part of the Indians' six-man rotation, kind of weird if they're going to stick with it, but two guys that obviously have had good fantasy years. Which one are you more excited about in that one? Oh, man, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll you'll see that Jordan Montgomery is like my favorite pitcher in the MLB for some <laughs> reason. I don't know why, but so, yeah, definitely Jordan Montgomery really impressed me. I know he went against the Red Sox, but I mean, still, you know, it's a rivalry game and he pitched really well. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later about Zach Plesek. I don't mm. know how, what I think about him. So that's definitely uh, continue listening on that and we'll we'll go over that. Uh, what about some other guys that were called up that you want to talk about? We had some, I guess you'd consider smaller names, but guys that haven't had as much of an impact. We've had Franklin Killame, uh, Chris Bubik, and Dalton Varsho is another three that were called up. Uh, Killame spent a lot of time in the minors. He had this is his major league debut, and he's looked really good so far in that bullpen for the Mets. Which he's about, he's been the only one that's been a bright spot so far, really. So the Mets needed if they actually want to compete this year, and. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's got some good pitches, and I'd like to see him get some more time. Hopefully, he gets high leverage work soon enough, but we'll have to wait and see on that. And then Chris Bubik, I've seen a few guys on Twitter that I know that have talked about him. Obviously, hasn't pitched above a or high A ball, so kind of a tough – like, he's getting thrown to the wolves here, especially facing guys like the Twins and the White Sox with good offenses this year, so tough for him. And – like you and I were discussing early in the show, Dalton Varsho, love seeing him called up, but the Diamondbacks aren't playing him. I don't know yeah. why. I completely agree on that one. I don't know why he should be. He should definitely be starting over Cole uh, Calhoun for sure. I mean, if you just look at the week Cole Calhoun had, uh, you would definitely be putting Dalton in there as well. Well, and Varsho can play anywhere around the field. Honestly, he can. He's a catcher. He has. He was the a catch- He's like the top one of the top catching prospects in the MLB. Yeah, and he's got the athleticism to play pretty much anywhere on the diamond. You could put him in right field for Calhoun. You could put him behind the plate for Carson Kelly, even in left. I yeah. mean, it, the guy has a bat that can play anywhere. His defense struggles at times a little, but he's athletic enough to – I mean, hell, if Eloy Jimenez can play in left field, Dalton Marshall <laughs> can play there. Yeah, and then last – I think yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, he – he made a really good attempt on a, on a uh, diving catch and it just barely went off his gloves. So like you could tell he he's out there and he wants to get playing time. Like he's not just there to get called up for the, whatever, if it's a 60 game season and then go back down and maybe start again next year. I, I really think that if the Diamondbacks especially maybe struggle a little bit, even more, they should just start putting him in the full-time lineup. Yeah, and he's only had two plate appearances, one walk and one strikeout. Doesn't say a whole lot, but he's a guy that he has speed, he has power, and he's patient at the plate. So why they're waiting when they just have him sitting on the bench, I don't know. Maybe it's just, hey, we want to start you against an easier team versus the Dodgers. Yeah, But they need to get his bat in there soon because I, I, I want to see him hit. <laughs> yeah, and then they have Houston – uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think even Thursday. So maybe he'll get some playing time against them, but who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. I just I mean, don't know why you would call him up to sit him. I mean, especially the Astros don't have that great of a rotation, but yeah. uh, 
They do seem to have an elite pitcher, though, coming up from the minor leagues, and he looked absolutely disgusting. He's a part of the last three we'll mention here, and that's Christian Javier, starting pitcher, along with Nate Pearson and Nick Madrigal. Uh, I know we'll start off with this, but Nick Madrigal, he's a very polarizing player. Some people love the fact that he's a guy that could hit 330 every year, but his on base may be 360, but he doesn't strike out. I wanted to get your kind of feel about, because I know how I feel about Madrigal, but what do you think Madrigal can be? Is he worth it? Um, I think he is worth it. I think he's the perfect person to be in that White Sox lineup. That's just going to be on base all the time. He's never going to strike out. Um, I mean, other than you're not going to get any power from him at all. No. But you're not really looking for that. If you're in, <laughs> if you're in that White Sox lineup, you have power everywhere else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I think for 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 fantasy baseball, for the purpose of like if like average and and just if you have like OBP, then great. But he's a better everyday actual baseball player on the field than he would be for fantasy. But if you need if you need average and you need someone that's gonna be on base and maybe get a couple stolen bases. I think that that's perfect for you. Um, mm-hmm. But if it was for me, I would think that he is more, especially for like, as a White Sox fan, he's better as a regular day fantasy or baseball player. Sorry. than he is a fantasy baseball player. What and that's, think? that's pretty much where I'm landing. I know people see his uh, minor league stats, but in the majors, it's obviously harder to steal. He's got some speed, but it's more – he's not a Billy Hamilton type where he's going to be all-out sprinting. He's a great little things type guy. And like you said, there's no power in his game. It's not that he can't have it. or It's not that he will have it and that he's growing into it. It's more that he won't ever have it. That's not his style of play. I mean, he's mm-hmm. – you look through his minor league numbers, he's never str- struck out more than 5% of the time. He's a contact just – get the bat on the ball, make the opposing team work for their outs. But other than that, he's, I just don't see the fantasy upside that there is. Yeah. He's yeah. What do you think of this as a comp? Hmm. I mean, I mean, he might be a little better than him already, but just comp wise, Jose Iglesias. I feel like he's better offensively than Iglesias because Iglesias, then again, Iglesias has started really well this year to say the least. However, Madrigal has a bit more contact. Uh, Obviously he still can walk uh, in 134 plate appearances in AAA last year. He walked almost 10% of the time, only struck out 3.7% of the time. Oh yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't strike out at all. (laughs) No, but I'm just saying like, I'm trying to think of someone that you could, you could somewhat comp him to. It's tough because we really haven't had a guy like this. Most of the slap hitters are the Billy Hamilton, Billy Hamilton, D Gordon types where you might get a home run a season and they're just, they're just poking it out there. And, but they don't have, they would still strike out. They didn't have the on base like he does, but it's hard to find a comp for him. You'd have to go way back. Honestly, Tony Gwynn is probably his best, but Gwynn had more power even. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. Is someone that just has like literally no power. I mean, yeah, D. Gordon is pretty good, but I still think D. Gordon uh, on the base pass is he's is faster. Way, yeah, he's way he's, faster. Madrigal is perfect for 
uh, like we said, we talked about one of our previous episodes of he's going to do the little things on a fly ball to right center field. He's going to tag up from first to second and still be able to get in there. He's got the speed, but he, to me, he's not a high count stolen base guy because he had over 30 in the minors last year, but he still got caught over 10 times. So especially a team with this much firepower in Eloy and Luis Robert and Jose Abreu, you've got guys Madrigal's gonna bat eighth or ninth. There's he's not yeah, at the top always. of the order. Why risk yeah. him running when you have the Yoan Mancadas coming up that can just drive him over with a simple base hit? So mm-hmm. I don't see the fantasy upside personally. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think that there will be, like I said earlier, if if it's a fit that you need, yeah, that something like you want to boost your average because you have guys that are just going to home run hitters that are maybe you're going to strike out a lot. Like a Joey Gallo. Yeah. Like a Joey. Well, yeah. Joey Gallo's (laughs) crushing the ball to start this year. Uh, But something like, I understand what you're saying. Someone that's high power, low average. And Mm -hmm. if you want to put a magical in there to boost that average a little bit, I don't see any problem with it, but I just, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't sell a bunch to get him. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, go out of my way to get him. If he's someone that you can get in your league that you need help with, I think it's a perfect fit. Yeah. He's a glue guy, but let's get into the two starting pitchers. We mentioned Nate Pearson and Christian Javier. I am so excited for both of these guys. Pearson, obviously with uh, more of the hype around him, everybody expected him to be up last year, but he had the unfortunate injury to start the year and the blue Jays worked him back in. He looked fantastic in his debut. Uh, and I'm the kid looked really good against a good nationals lineup. Sure. They didn't have Juan Soto or Anthony Rendon, obviously Rendon on the angels now, but no Juan Soto, but he looked good. He was able to paint the corners with his 99 mile per hour fastball. He was able to change speeds. He had a good breaking ball and you can actually go on my Twitter at dad socks and see the kind of live tweet thread I did about it. I was a little behind, but I mean, he got guys to ground into easy ground outs. It didn't cost him a lot of pitches. It's not like he was a Corbin Corbin Burns where he's out there throwing 90 pitches in four innings. So I think he's going to be great. The Blue Jays have no reason not to throw him out there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I think that he looked really good. And I mean, like you said, yeah, they didn't have Soto. Um, but I mean, it's still, like you said, they're, they're still a, defending world series champion yeah <laughs> you know i know that they don't have rendon which helped out a lot but still as of right now they're the champions no someone has to mm-hmm. defeat them so that's how i look at it is he pitched really well against a team that just won the world series and um yeah so what do you think about christian javier though i am hot for javier like this guy <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have the hype around him a lot of people don't know who he is because of the fact that yeah, he's a part of that Astros machine. And his biggest thing in the minors the last few years has been his control. Too many walks. and But he got tossed to the Wolves, and he damn well showed it. I mean, against the Dodgers to go almost seven innings with a bunch of strikeouts and only one walk, it, <laughs> sign me up for all of that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think we're going to get to him. Uh, we're going to probably talk about him a little bit later, too. Yeah, we will. So, but yeah, I mean, other than that, well, we'll see. I mean, we, we could be running into a situation where 
we might not have a season after tomorrow. Yeah. And there's reports coming out that Rob Manfred is warning, warns, as warning everybody that the season could be shut down as early as Monday if these players don't start kicking in a shape. I mean, you, you Marlins were seen in hotel bars and going out into the town. Mm-hmm. We had we have the Cardinals. They're crazy. Their team is whole. Whole team is getting sick. And you know, I just, I personally think that if they don't get it straightened up, we, we won't have a season, but we were talking a little bit earlier before the podcast and you're, you're kind of a little bit lower thinking more of, it's more of like a, uh, a threat that like a dad threat. But, um, so what do you, what do you, what do you fully think is going to happen? Say this time next week, what are we going to, where are we going to be? I'm hoping that we still have a season and I'd say it's maybe a 10% chance that, we that Manfred comes out tomorrow, say 10 a.m. and says, screw it, the season is banged, we're done, everybody go home. I I don't think Manfred wants to do that. They want to be the league that can get it right. They don't want to be seen as losers. And like you said, Manfred came out, I think it was Friday, saying, hey, we'll bang the season if you guys can't get it under control, especially with the reports coming out of the Marlins, like you said being in hotel bars, no masks, no nothing. And then one Cardinals player and three staffers get sick as well. Luckily theirs hasn't been as big of an outbreak, but then he comes out today and has a completely different mindset of, I don't want to be a quitter. We want to continue the season, but the original threat just kind of felt like a dad in a car going, I'll turn this car around. And you kind of look at, the dad and go no you're not you've been planning yeah. this trip for 10 months i call yeah. bs and you're only 10 yeah. years old but i just i don't see manfred actually canceling the season it felt really empty to me i could be wrong but with him now coming out in completely different tune i think we still have a season wow. i think unless things get really bad where you i think if we have another marlin situation sure the season gets banged but other than that I mean, you have teams like the Cubs who have had zero cases this whole season. They've had nothing. They've done it right somehow. And I think that's the only way you would have it is if you had another huge outbreak and it's from something obvious of players just completely disregarding the rules. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll be ready for that because we were talking a little bit earlier um, before we started the podcast saying, what would we do as a podcast if this was to be canceled tomorrow or anytime soon, you know, before the season's over. And we just want to let everybody know, like, we're going to still be kicking out content. Like Mm -hmm. we don't, we're not just going to go away and come back again a little bit earlier next year. So I hope you guys stay with us because we're going to be talking more on some, maybe some dynasty leagues. And because I know John's a really big dynasty guy. So we'll be definitely able to be helping you out with that. You want to kind of go in a little bit more detail on what we might be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so obviously, even in the off season, if this was a regular year, we still want to put out content for you listeners. It, this is, is a passion project for both of us. And we're not going to let you down of just kind of disappear just because the season's over. Uh, if the season is cut short, there's a lot of things we can talk about. I know there's a bunch of different strategies, whether it's Roto, whether it's head-to-head dynasty or redraft everybody plays in a different type of league so we'll go more into the strategy of different leagues especially startup dynasty Uh, that's a great thing to get into and we'll always be putting out content 
but we could do that. There's, we can do deep dives into players you guys want to hear about. We'll have mailbag segments as well, because obviously a lot of us and some of us still play in dynasty or keepers. And we all have tough decisions, whether it's to keep a guy, even though he's 35, whether it's a trade offer you're getting. So I think that's more the content we'll put out. Cause if we don't have any season to discuss, it makes it harder, but we are here for the fans and I know I enjoy it. So We'll yeah, go more that route. Completely agree, and I don't want I don't want them just to go away because baseball is over. Because we're going to be giving you guys yeah. some, a, a lot of good stuff, so that when season starts next year, you guys are already ahead of the curve and and know what's kind of going on. Because this is what we're going to be doing. Anything we hear, if even if we have to have like an emergency episode where something huge happens, we're going to be on it. So you guys definitely want to keep listening in and and tuning in and listen and see and mailbag mailbag would be huge because this would be a perfect time to get us all your questions. Cause this is what we can do for you guys mm-hmm. answer these questions. Cause we might not have a season, but let's not, let's cross our fingers and see and hope that that's not going to be the case. But we just wanted to let you know that we will be covered if the season is canceled. Um, another big thing actually that I think it happened today was, did you see uh, Albert Pujols? Hit his fifth, a fifteenth grand slam of his career today. Oh, I did, and it was it, that swing. Even though he's been in the league for twenty years, it is still just as sweet as ever. It's when he f- knows what pitch it is, when he's able to see it ahead of time. He has such an easy time killing it, and uh, I think he's two home runs short of Willie Mays now. I think he's at six hundred fifty-eight, and then he's got two thousand and eighty RBI, six short of A Rod for second. So the. Yeah. That's one reason I don't want to see the season banged is guys like Pujols are guys that are just trying to put the little pretty ribbon on the end of their careers when we know Pujols is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's not a question. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But I want to see what he can put up stat wise. I mean, that's any of us that play sports games, you're going for the records. And I want to see Pujols get as high as he can. Yeah, definitely. He is the Frank Gore of fantasy baseball. That <laughs> is for sure. That's a good comp. Like literally, <laughs> like he will, he just, he, he'll never go away and I'm, and I'm never going to be mad about it. Yeah. Like I, I mean, obviously I don't usually, I'm not going to take him on any of my teams, but when I turn on the game or if I see that he's up to bat, like I'm just rooting for him. He's just that guy that I'm never going to root against it's just, I, I never wanted to see him go away. But yeah, it was awesome to see that today. And then something I saw over the weekend as well that obviously most people have probably heard about. Lorenzo Kane opted out for the rest of the season. And then we had a situation with Ioannis Cespedes where Mets came out today and just kind of did the shrug emoji on the stand and going, we don't know where he is. <laughs> and about a few hours later, he comes out. Uh, he had already left and the Mets even said, hey, when we went to check on him, all is personal belongings were gone everything was packed up and they got word from his agent that he has opted out i don't know how many more of these we'll see i think we get a lot more but what do you think mike um i i also think that we're going to probably get a couple more um hopefully not uh bigger names but especially guys that might have like bigger families you know that have like a bunch of kids and stuff like that Maybe they're just like at this point, it's not worth it to them. And they just want to go home and spend time with their family, even though they spent however many months with their family, even though we didn't have a season to start. So I, I don't ever blame them. If this is what they want to do, I understand. But I do think that these two are probably going to open up a door 
to where we're going to see a couple more players, um, especially maybe even on the older side, mm-hmm. are going to be coming out and saying, you know what, it's not worth it. Especially on teams that maybe haven't started off well. You know, like if, if you're a team that just had a really bad week and, I mean, you can only have you're only 60 games. So if you, if you start off with 15 bad games, you know, at that point, you might as well just, I don't, I don't ever want to hear that's the case. You're going to quit because you want to opt out. But I do see that this is, this is definitely going to open up another door. Right. And I, it's tough to, tough to see it happen, but at the same time, it's not even like they are, I don't think they're wanting to blame MLB for it. It's just that thing of we see other teams don't care. Like the Marlins situation we've discussed. It's it's the fact that they don't trust the other teams because you can't, as much as you want to play the game, you're bringing in 30 other players at this point from another city that have just traveled through airlines. And obviously most of these cities are big cities, Miami, Chicago, New York guys still want to live their lives but you they can't be putting that risk on the rest of the league when you play yeah it's a socially distanced game for the most part but you still interact with them you're still standing next to them at first base you're still touching a ball that somebody else has touched it's something that's still dangerous as much as people don't want to have it happen but I just hope we don't see a lot of them I understand it if guys do I will never be against it I will never call them out I am fully supportive of it yeah, but no, it, it's I a tough completely look. agree. I I am fully supportive of it too. Um, I just wish that we they could just maybe uh, put their night life aside and, yeah. and just give us as fans a full season. But I mean, once again, I don't know their lives. I don't know what they're going through. Maybe at home or something's going on at home. I never want to uh, speculate that that's the thing. But just as a fantasy baseball fan, I don't want the season to be canceled all because guys won't take it serious you know they want to be unprofessional yeah it's it's a tough look so that's all the news we've really got i most people should be caught up on it but before we get to the rest of our show let's take a quick break from a word from our sponsor you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. So we are going to start the second half of our show with a new segment called studs and duds obviously we all have our own fantasy players and teams that we look at we know who was awesome for us we know who we are absolutely despising right now because of the way that they performed this last week and a half but we want to bring out guys that either could have been uh, waiver wire pickups for you that were great or guys that you got late in the draft that are just absolutely killing it 
And obviously, let's get into that because there's always going to be someone that wins a week for you. Yeah. Let's get into uh, my stud for the week, and it is Dansby Swanson. It's a guy that I've doubted for the longest time. He always struggled with fastballs, and it seems like he's been able to correct that because he put up two home runs, 11 RBIs, three stolen bases with a 368 average on a Braves offense that struggled, honestly, to open the year. So I, to put up that type of line early on, excellent for a guy that you got around the 250th pick this during this draft season. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we we always knew he he was a great baseball player. I mean, it's it just it's like you said, now he is putting it all together and it's awesome because that Braves lineup, you know, has always been feared and now you have a, a batter in that situation that's is hitting the ball crazy this the start of this year for sure. And the weirdest thing was that it, his struggle wasn't the off-speed or breaking ball. It was the fastball the out of fastball. everything. He just yeah. couldn't catch up to it. But he's looking real good and a five-category contributor, too, which is great. Oh, definitely. Who's your stud for this week? My stud is a player that performed on an offense that isn't great, but we didn't fully know too much about because, you know, he's – he just got called up last year. If I can't, if I don't remember right. Yep. He if did. I do remember right. And just, we didn't know what was going to happen. And then this week he just exploded. He got a hit in every single uh, game this season. That's Kyle Lewis for, for Seattle Mariners. It's insane. I mean, his, his line, he hit three homers, nine RBIs and batted 425. And there's people on like baseball tonight that are saying that this is the the breakout, the, the craziest week you can have. They're already comparing him to uh, the start of a season of like Ichiro. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's insane. I mean, I, I don't have any Kyle Lewis. I wish obviously I did, especially for this week. Cause I probably would have won way more categories than I did, but I, he has to be the stud stud of this week. Yeah, and it's – I got to admit that uh, I didn't know he was going to have – nobody knew he was going to have this type of way to open the season. But I have to give credit. I believe it was to Mike Curland. I'm actually trying to refine it here. But he uh, he was the guy that pointed it out to me that he had a big – not a big swing change, but enough of one to make a big difference going into the season. Uh, he was a guy that everybody said around a 240, 250 batting average – and but lots of power always had that available and the swing change has definitely made a difference like you said almost a 500 batting average in a week it's not easy (laughs) to do (laughs) but uh honestly in a short uh sample size like this i'm a believer obviously i don't believe he's hitting 400 for the season but yeah no he won't hit 400 the whole season yeah i mean it's a good bright spot for that, that lineup. That isn't great, you know? And especially a guy. Yeah. It was uh, Mike Curlin that I saw. So I got to call him out. I've got to thank him. Uh, launch ang- The launch angle is down, but he's got a higher quality of contact and a, uh, he's cut his ground ball rate as well. So if he's getting the ball in the air with his type of power, he's going to be well, well worth it. And uh, he's standing a little more upright now that I have it pulled up here little bit more upright compared to his more crouched version last year and so I think it works for him he's more upright and his hands are slightly closer to his body so he's not having that giant hole on the inside of the zone 
So I yeah. think we've, we've seen a big change and it's little things like that, that you have to take advantage of. So, yeah, um, so obviously yeah, we've got our studs. Be... Yep. <laughs> Who's your dud? Oof. Who pissed you off this week? <laughs> For me, it's, this is more of a dynasty player. Obviously everyone has a diff, not different view, but different use of him. And that's going to be Shohei Otani. Uh, most sites have him as two players. Fan tracks that I use has him as one, and I have him in a few leagues. And that first start where he didn't even get a single out and just looked absolutely terrible killed me. I thought about starting him today, but I just I didn't feel confident, even though he was facing. Uh, where was it? Who did they play today? The Angels played. Do the Astros. The Astros, yeah. I mean, especially that Astros lineup. They're not hitting the way they were before, but oh no, I I couldn't do it. And his fastball command is so bad right now. His sinker looks like it's getting there. His slider, he was really comfortable with, but his fastball is all over the place. And I'll actually, uh, I'll put it out tomorrow. You can see his heat map with it. It's just. He doesn't seem to have control of it, and he has that high, that high heat where he can blow it by you, and you never know what's coming. But if you don't have to worry about that fastball, it makes it a little bit easier to deal with. So him giving up three hits, seven earned runs, and eight walks with only three strikeouts is tough in less than two innings. The fact that it's only three hits, he is killing himself. It's not that he's getting hit around. It's He's just giving up all those free passes, and it's a tough, tough look. Yeah, would you go as far as saying there wasn't any trash cans in Orange County? Or <laughs> they <is> certainly that... <laughs> damn, didn't damn need them, that's for sure. <laughs> they certainly yeah. damn didn't need them. Yeah, well, I mean, that top of the lineup is, <laughs> is, is starting to look a little fishy without trash cans being banged because, I mean, I know Altuve and Springer, they haven't had a great start from what I've seen, but – We'll go on to, I mean, definitely Otani being that 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 <laughs> start he had was definitely hard to watch. I mean, it was just you feel you felt bad for him, but I do think he's uh, he's gonna pick it back up and, and get back onto um, the the way he was, you know, before. And he's it's still that talent of hitter and pitcher being such a good crazy combination of you have a pitcher that could kill it on the mound and then yeah. and then hit. 20 homers you know what I mean like maybe not this year 20 homers but well and this just breaking too sorry to interrupt you but uh he's being sent for an MRI after today's start it just came out now Otani is he he expressed some discomfort discomfort in his start they don't have the results back yet but they will tomorrow sometime Monday so obviously today when you're listening to it but hopefully it comes back negative I mean i I would hate to see him hurt again. So hopefully we get some positive news on that front tomorrow morning. Yeah. No, I, I cross my fingers cause that would suck. I, I don't so know. who's the guy that burned you? Oh man. The guy that burned me was Andrew Benintendi. I mean, this guy literally batted uh zero 83 for his batting average. He got two hits out of 24 at bats. He struck out 10 times out of 24 at-bats, had one RBI. I mean, he wasn't somebody that I was thinking was going to have a crazy start anyways because um, he does struggle with the start of the season. So I did understand that. But this is beyond struggling. Like, I'm at the point where 
obviously you're not going to drop Ben and Tendy, but in a 60 game season, you might get a little leery. Like if he has another week like this next week, I might have to as much as, especially in a redraft league, you know, I mean, definitely if he has two bad weeks in a 60 game season, you have to drop him. But in a, in a dynasty, I mean, obviously you're not going to drop Ben and yeah. if he had two bad weeks, but just this week, he really killed me. <laughs> I needed him to definitely perform a little bit better, but we'll, we'll see. We'll give him one more week. We'll, uh, see how he did next week, and we'll talk about it on the show. I've got to give him some credit. He's had 10 strikeouts, but he did have nine walks. So it translates to 26% walk rate and 29% K rate. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you're not in an OBP league, and yeah. at least guys in OBP leagues have that. But yeah. two runs, one RBI, and only one stolen base is a tough look for the Red Sox that need him to perform. Yeah, because, so. I mean – the, Jackie Bradley, I, I think he had a good, he had a solid week this week. Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, so that, that helped, but just as a whole, as a team, they're just not like looking too great. I mean, they are in a, I don't know. They do have to play against the Yankees. So that does suck, but. That's all right. Yeah. I mean, the Yankees rotation isn't studly at this time. So Paxton has been up and down. Obviously you don't have Luis Severino, so maybe it's just what he needs. So we'll see. It's that mustache. I think <laughs> it might be. Yeah, that mustache is terrible. So, obviously, those are studs and duds. Why don't we get into our pickups? And I feel like this is a strong segment for us, one that we did really well last week. Uh, Our biggest pickups, at least, we'll start with our hitters. We'll always do that. And, honestly, one of my favorite hitters that you can pick up, I didn't expect to have this big of a fantasy impact, but I love the team he's on, and that's outfielder Trent Grisham. Three home runs, two stolen bases, and he's getting the second spot in the Padres lineup. Give me that all day. He's got the on-base skills for it. He's got the ability to run. He's one of the fastest players in the game, even though Milwaukee didn't showcase it last year. And his power still playing pretty well in Petco Field. So you know what? I'll take it. It's especially at the top of the lineup behind Tatis and Hosmer and uh I'm blanking on it, but whoever else is on that lineup, I, Machado, him, yeah, Machado. Like, there we go. That's yeah. the one I was looking for. Yeah. And he's going to get driven in great for runs. He's going to have some RBIs in there. So Trent Grisham hot as hell and is going to be very valuable. Grab him while you can. Who's your first pickup, Mike? No, that then I really like Trent Grisham. He's actually, I have mm-hmm. uh stock in him on both of my teams. So I have, I'm full uh, happy with Trent Grisham's start. I mean, I was really loving it. Uh, I, I hated the way he got played out of Milwaukee last year, though. Honestly, yeah. it it was it sucked the way that he lost that game in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, with that but, ball that just got under him. Yeah, and it's it happens, but in a high pressure spot, of course, people are going to eat him alive for it. It, it reminds me of uh, back in the day for the Red Sox, their first baseman. Yeah, um, um, I know who you're talking about uh, <laughs> oh, Bill man, Buckner. It, yes, Bill Buckner. There it is. Yeah, there was. Him losing it, it's the same thing. Obviously, not as big of a situation or as big of a name, but (laughs) I'm glad. You didn't hate it, though, if you were a Juan Soto fan. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's very true. So, definitely. Yeah, um, so my first pickup is, I I don't know where if you can get him. I know he is – I didn't get to see what his – He's not highly owned. I'll say that for the most part. Okay, all right. So, that's perfect. So, then uh, Colin Moran. Uh, of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, crazy start. He 
He has five homers already. I think he's leading the league in homers. If, if uh, he'd be beat. right up there with Judge because Judge is yeah. in five straights. <laughs> okay, there you go. And so, I mean, he helps you with average. He's always been an average guy. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then if I looked at this up. This was crazy. 66.7% hard contact rate. <laughs> that is out of this world. I know that's not going to stay put, but just as of just a start, why not grab somebody like that? Especially, he's pretty much the best hitter in the Pittsburgh lineup right now. Yeah. He's I mean, the usually only one. It's, exactly. Like usually it's, it's bell, but I mean, Colin Moran is going off. And if you can pick him up, pick him up because he's not going to hurt your team. He's not going to really hurt your team in any category. Cause like I said, he gets on base and just this power is just added for you. You know what I mean? And that's somebody that I always want on my team. I'm always a big, average guy and and if you can throw in something like leading the league or tied in the league with a homers that's just an added bonus yeah in fan tracks he's owned in 62 percent of leagues yahoo he's at 45 so he's widely available for the most part and even in yahoo they have him at second base and third base so he's like Uh, a mike moustakis but with a higher average that's my favorite position (laughs) eligibility is my favorite so who's your, uh, who's your next pickup? He actually fits the position eligibility is also a second and third baseman, depending on where you play, but that it, my second pickup is Hanser Alberto of the Baltimore Orioles. Very similar model to Colin Moran, very high average guy, not a lot of power. He hasn't produced a ton of power uh, just yet, but he's hitting well. And especially right now he's got, a 429 average, two home runs, one stolen base. And yeah, Baltimore's offense isn't the greatest, but he's at the top of the lineup, currently hitting second consistently. And he had a breakout year last year. And if you're looking for a middle or a corner infielder, or I mean, with everybody being either sick or postponed games, he's a guy that he's well worth it. I, the fact that he can bring you average, built in a similar model of Colin Moran, but I mean, it's you got to take a guy that's hitting at the top of the lineup. The more at-bats you get, the better it is, especially with a guy that's high average. So give me Hanser Alberto right now with how oh, he's easily. been playing. So. Yep. I mean, I feel like you just looked at my roster because that's another guy <laughs> that I have on both of my teams that I'm loving to start. So, I mean, uh, it, that's just crazy. I like both of those guys a lot. My second guy is actually somebody that – I don't think is going to keep it up. No. (laughs) So, I mean, very, this is risky, but maybe another week or two, but uh, Jacoby Jones, Mm -hmm. I mean, he has had such a crazy start with this guy has been on, has been in the league for a long time. He, he's never been someone that people go out of their way to get in fantasy baseball, but with this, this week he had, he was batting 423. Uh, OBS is 1.349. I mean, that is insane. I mean, he's, he's on base this whole last week so much. And like I said, if it can keep up, it's someone that is, you're going to get as a complete steal and he's a good source of power for right now, at least. I mean, he's hit three home runs this week. So I'm definitely a a surprising team this week. Another team though, that I, like I said, I don't know if it's, gonna stay put and and keep up with this 
but somebody maybe to ride out this next week with pick him up. And if he doesn't do well, then just get rid of him. But I, as somebody that I am really thinking about picking up is Jacoby Jones for sure. What do you think about him? I like that of riding the hot hand in a normal season. I probably wouldn't suggest it, but I mean, in the short season, you need the wins right away. You can't, it's hard to speculate on a guy of while well, he's starting to break out and then hoping that it continues because he may get sick, he may get injured, but you may have postponed games because of teams not being able to face their opponent. And I like that because he does get to face uh, the Cardinals over the next four days. Then he gets the pirates on the weekend. Neither of them really having great pitching staffs. Obviously Cardinals do have Jack Flaherty, but he's got an opportunity to play in some, uh, decent stadiums, decent, okay pitching staffs, but he should be able to produce off of them. So I like Jacoby Jones as a pickup. Obviously, I don't expect him to continue with the power. He's never <laughs> been that type of guy. But in a season like this, just pick up the guy and ride him, especially he's maybe going to cost you $1 in uh, fob. So, I mean, you're not having to spend a lot on him. Yep. But let's stick with that same team in the Detroit Tigers because my third pickup and final hitter this week is Jonathan Scope, a guy that – He's batting second for the Detroit Tigers. No competition behind him. They really don't. There's no reason to take him out of the lineup. And power is his game. Second base is a really weak position. And Scope was a guy that I believed in when he was with the Baltimore Orioles. And then he had a couple of down years. But right now, he's got three home runs, seven RBIs, and a 300 average. Detroit Tigers aren't going to be a firepower team. But somebody that you can grab off the waiver wire at 13% owned on Yahoo and probably a little bit higher in Fantrax as I look it up. But you know what he brings you. He's going to be a 250, 260 average power. And especially at a second base, you need it. I mean, right now yeah. he is 63% owned in uh, – I don't even know why Bixby keeps opening on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> But he's 63% owned in Fantrax. So once again, widely available. I mean, obviously, big differences between the two platforms. But second base is a position most people struggle with. So Jonathan Scope out for the Detroit Tigers hitting in the middle of the order. Let's let's go. Yeah, no, and that's another guy that I actually did have to go get because um, I had Kevin Biggio and I needed a second baseman that could just fill in. And he he did he did really well. He produced the rest of this week since I picked mm -hmm. him up. I think I picked him up on Thursday, and he he's done really well. So definitely a solid pickup. My last hitter is um, we all know that I love position eligibility, and in this, I'll just I'm just gonna <laughs> let me just name the the eligibility he has. He can go second base, third base, shortstop, and outfield on Yahoo. And the only reason I know that for sure is because I have him on my team. And that's David Fletcher of the Angels. I mean, this guy literally, I, I've plugged him in this my lineup this week at like every position I could so that I could play certain other people. I love it so much. He hit 394 this week. He's always on base. He had a 961 OPS. And like I said, the position eligibility for fantasy baseball is something that's so crucial and can help you win a league because that's someone that I can just plug in uh, a, a player like especially with this first week we had so many people that weren't playing because of teams getting the games being suspended because mm -hmm. of the covid and i was able to put him 
plug and play him in so many different places. I loved it so much. That's someone that I'm definitely going to keep. And I would uh, recommend going to grab because he's, there's no way he is um, not owned. He's probably owned in under 30% of leagues is just my guess. And I just would love for everybody to pick him up because I think he's just, he's the top of the lineup for the angels. Um, that's who I would definitely go out and get for sure. I like what do you think about him? Uh, let me see if I can pull up their, the angels lineups, but he's been, he's a guy that I uh, preached last year a little bit about that. He's great for the fact that he's very consistent. You know, he's going to get the playing time and he's at the top of the order for the most part, because he has the speed he has, uh, a good hit tool to go along with it. So over the last few days, he's been at the top of the lineup at all eight days. So, you know, he's going to play, he's going to be consistent there. And especially batting ahead of uh, obviously trout, if he's in the lineup, but Anthony Rendon, Justin Upton, Albert Pujols, he's going to get driven in. So I, David Fletcher is great, especially for, like you said, times where, you're missing half. Like I know the four hitters I had on my bench in my dynasty team, all postponed trout was out with uh, obviously being on paternity leave. So having a guy like that, where he can kind of fill in anywhere is great. And a guy that is a solid glue guy, I think is perfect for the end of a roster right now. Yeah. I looked it up. He's actually, he he's above what I thought, but he's still only 48% owned in Yahoo. So, I mean, you can still get him in half the leagues. I would definitely pick him up and especially cause we just don't know what's going to happen with postponements. And yeah. like I had, I have Didi Gregorius and I was able to play Fletcher at shortstop most of the week, you know? And, and then, and then, like I said, if before I got uh, uh, Jonathan scope, I put him in at my second base for when Kevin Biggio wasn't, wasn't able to play. So like, he's just one of those guys that is, 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 not going to give you much power, but he's going to do the little things right. And he mm-hmm. has so many, he has so many uh, different places he can play is someone just, it's just someone good to have in your lineup for sure. Yeah. And it's like we said, he's a glue guy. He's going to produce average, which is sometimes hard to find, but he's not going to really kill you anywhere either. He's not a Nick Madrigal in our, in our thoughts at least. So he's got no. a little bit of speed. He's got a little bit of power. So I, I love the fact that David Fletcher can be used anywhere. So yeah. And then we, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I'll let so you. I was just going to say, we, we do have where we, we talked about hitters. Let's talk about a couple of pitchers that we, we might want to get. Who would you, uh, who would you go pick up right now for pitching wise? One of my top ones is honestly a guy I didn't ever expect to find his stuff. And that's Tyler Chatwood. Uh, he's always been nasty. Even when he was with Colorado, he had he has some really nasty breaking pitches and his biggest thing was being able to get the control down he was wild with the cubs last year whether they used him as a starter as a reliever but opening up this year he's looked really solid he's looked composed and 19 strikeouts to four walks hell yes give me all of that for a fantasy team where we've had either it feels like every start out of a pitcher right now is either awesome or complete crap <laughs> where you're giving up eight runs in two innings or you're just shutting guys out for seven innings plus and Tyler Chatwood on a good Cubs team with a good defense offense really hasn't been there but unless you're in a wins league then it doesn't matter 
And if he can keep this up, he can be a very valuable starter that you can pick up off the waiver wire. So give me Tyler Chatwood for the Cubs. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And especially because I'm, I'm pretty sure, I mean, I didn't look it up. He's probably really cheap too. Like I don't yes. think, you're, I don't think anybody's really, uh, especially like in Yahoo, I don't think he has probably so much um, people grabbing him up, but definitely a good solid start. You've pretty much proved your point on why you would get him. And that's somebody that I would definitely be looking at too this week. Well, and you might be able to get him cheap because people were burned by him last year. Yeah. He was so hyped up of he's and finally leaving before. Coors. Yeah. Well, he's finally leaving Coors. He's going to the Cubs organization. It's a little bit of a hitter's ballpark, but they should be able to get him to work. And the fact that he looks so bad and in a short season, you might get a lot of people where they go, I don't trust it. I'm not going to do it. So you maybe I'll get him for one or two fob or at in the middle of a waiver wire order if that's how you play. So, yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, my guy this week is going to be Zach Plesak. Um, so I know he had a good start against your, your White Sox. Yeah. Last <laughs> he looked nasty, though. He, yeah. he looked really good. Yeah, 11 strikeouts, no walks. And if everything works out again, I think he's going to go against you guys again. Yes. yes. So, I mean, at that point, you might as well ride. You've already seen it once. I mean, I know some type of a baseball math would say, okay, now they know what he what he threw. So they're going to be ready for it, but I'm going to ride the hot hand here. I'm going to say that that's someone that I would definitely be wanting to play this week. Cause like I said, we know he can do it. He's done it before. So, and he's a good, nice young prospect. So that's who I'm going to go with. I'm going to see if he can do it again and, and see if he can um, beat you guys one more time. <laughs> I love that pickup as much as it pains me to say it, but he's a part of that Cleveland machine that just, produces pitchers out of really nowhere yeah he's net he was usually less than nine k's per nine which translate uh for him i mean mostly going off of k percentage he was usually a 24 percent guy so not high upside but i mean he's only 25 years old and we've seen what cleveland can do to guys like Corey kluber trevor bauer where these guys just become strikeout machines and i'm not going to doubt please the way he looked the other night no walks 11 strikeouts and he's got good pitches it's not like he's throwing junk up there no yep that's that's who i would definitely be who do you who's a relief pitcher that you have well and this was one that i as soon as i was watching the games i pointed out to everyone that follows me of nick birdie uh with how weird closers are this year obviously we've had a raldis chapman missing games we've had brad hand for cleveland look like garbage Saves are obviously something all everybody's always chasing. So Nick Birdie is looking excellent for the Pittsburgh Pirates. He may not get a ton of chances because that Pirates offense is terrible. I mean, it kind of helps in one way of they're always going to be in close games, but do they score enough to be winning? I mean, you're kind of a catch-22 there, but a guy that he looks like he's stolen that closer role right now is Nick Birdie sitting at 98.5 miles per hour with an 88-mile-per-hour slider, and it's – it's really, really gross in a good way. And his competition behind him, I mean, Kyle Crick looked bad in summer camp. And Keone Kella, we don't know if he's coming back, when he's coming back this year. I don't think that the Pirates would go to him with how Nick Birdie has looked. So it's as much as everybody needs closers, go grab Nick Birdie right now. Yeah, no, definitely. And I wish everybody um, that's listening could see my notes because I literally <laughs> put – agree 
with John on Nick Birdie. <laughs> word for word what it says here. I can't I can't agree more. That's someone that once I've already I'm in a league where you have eight drops in ads and then you're at a limit. Oh, so those hit, are tough. Yeah, so I hit my limit, but at 12 o'clock tonight, if I'm still up, we'll see. I am going to use my first one to go pick up Nick Birdie, and that's definitely someone that I'm going to go grab 100% because I need the closing help. I mean, my closes are – are you ready for this? I hope you – Go you're for it. Down. Uh, <laughs> Matt McGill. Oh, my God. Uh, let's see who else. Matt McGill. Oh, Edwin Diaz. Oh. <laughs> and so, I mean – that's I only have two right now, and I I'm definitely gonna go get uh, birdie because I need it that bad. I don't think the Pirates are gonna get many save opportunities, but I mean it's someone that I definitely uh, need. And if he does get the opportunities, like you said, I agree 100% with it's his job. Well, and he's he struck out the side against St. Louis on the 26th. He was he looked really good. I was watching a game when he was in there, and he looks almost untouchable and I know everybody's struggling, especially I have Edwin Diaz as well. He, I don't know what's happened to him ever since uh, the 2016 season. He just has not been the same. It feels like 2016, 2017 was his peak. Hopefully he can find it, but it's a rough look. Well, I think, (laughs) I think he actually came in today and he got an inning of work. Let me look it up really yeah, quick. Yeah, they had him in a non-save situation. Yeah. Trying he had a, to get him a strikeout in one inning. So, I mean, hope, I, I think what they're doing is they're going to be putting him in a couple of these situations to maybe get his head right. And because we've seen in the past, I mean, we've also seen in the past that he's been terrible. Yeah. In the past where he was one of the best closers in the game. So I'm, I'm kind of hoping that he gets it back together because if, especially because he's my actual, I mean, he's, obviously the number one closer in my lineup instead of Matt McGill. <laughs> that guy was supposed to be the closer, and then they um, bringing him out in the seventh inning, and I'm like, come on, like, what is going on? So, And that is partially my fault for going and grabbing a closer in the Seattle situation, so that's partially my fault, but I thought I was going to get a free closer on a, on a Major League Baseball team, but that's what I get for, for guessing on that. So I'm definitely, like you said, we're going to go get birdie, and we're going to play him. Uh, do you have any people that you might say, you know what, it's an early, it's a quick season, only 60 games that you might just be, I'm done with. Uh, maybe if it was a longer season, I would hold on to. Who do you think? Yeah, I've got three, and we'll just kind of gloss over these a little bit. We can always take questions on Twitter as well. But for me, the three names that I'm looking at dropping right now are catcher Will Smith, uh, first baseman and outfielder Danny Santana and starting pitcher Robbie Ray. Ray obviously has not been great. Almost nine innings of work. He's allowed eight earned runs, nine walks, and 11 Ks. A lot of people were high on him. He was drafted within the top 50 because of his strikeout upside, but he just doesn't look like he has it. Danny Santana is in the bottom of the order or not hitting at all. He's already losing playing time because of Nick Solak and some of the other guys that the Rangers are able to trot out there. And he was a guy that I knew going into the season that if he didn't hit, if he didn't start out hot, he was going to lose playing time pretty quick. So 
that Texas Rangers offense doesn't really need him. And then obviously Will Smith losing plate, losing time behind the plate to Austin Barnes and not hitting it all. You can find a just play the hot hand at catcher. Honestly, it's hard to sit on Will Smith when he's hitting less than a hundred or he's just over a hundred now because of today's game. But I'd play the hot hand at the catching position because you can find guys that can fill in, honestly. What about you? Yeah, but we'll go over some of the guys that I, I, I'm going to drop. I mean, you know you're what you're going to get out of him, but just this start has been really bad. I have uh, Chris Davis with a K from Oakland, Willie Calhoun, and might, might not be too uh, – people aren't going to be too favorable of this. I – if I had him, I personally drop in Vlad, Vlad Guerrero Jr. You know, I, so we'll start with Chris Davis. I mean, the man has one hit. He, he is the, the designated hitter. And when you're a designated hitter, you would think you'd be getting hits, but that's not happening. And he kills you on and batting average. I mean, you know that going into the season when you draft him, but if he's not doing even getting on base and not hitting homers, I mean, what, what's he good for? You know, I mean, nothing else. And then yeah, he was, uh, he was always a high power guy last year. And that uh, shoulder injury that he suffered and he came back and all of a sudden he was able to hit for average, but no power. I feel like that might still be affecting him, especially since he's 32. Not everybody's body kind of hits the same way. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons. Yeah. And then my other guy is Willie Calhoun. I mean, another guy that only has one hit to start the season he has no walks, and like and like you said about Danny Santana, um, I just I don't think that they're gonna keep putting up with it. I mean, I don't think they're gonna be a winning baseball team this year, so maybe they will. But I, I mean, I know he had the broken jaw uh, to start or in spring training this this spring training before the summer camp. So I don't know if maybe that I don't think that's still affecting him, but something is because only one hit and no walks start the season. I'm not liking it. If I have him, I'm getting rid of him. And then uh, Vladdy, uh, I just think it's just a slow start in, in a short season, kind of for me at least. I mean, he's hitting he's hitting way too many ground balls. I just – I don't know. I, I'm not liking it. And um, I know you wouldn't usually get rid of him if this was a full season because obviously you uh, – especially Dynasty, you're not going to get rid of Vlad Guerrero in that. But in a, in a redraft just for this season, I think I am – gonna drop him i do have him and it just depends on who's out there in the free agency but it's a risky drop because he could turn it on at any time but just for me personally i'm gonna get rid of him and go on to the next person what about you what do you think calhoun is one i could see i think he's still he's getting more time than danny santana he even hit third in the order today as a dh so calhoun is one that's tough because we know he's got the the bat to ball skills that you need yeah. So that one, I would def, I would, it would take a little bit more for me. And one I'm definitely not is Vlad Guerrero. I'm going to disagree with you there. And I know, I, I see you on Twitter <laughs> all the time talking about him. That's for sure. Well, because right now he's hit the ball 90% of the time. He's hitting it hard, 95 plus miles per hour. His ex- exit velocity is in the 94th percentile. The dude is crushing it, but you are right. His uh, he's just hitting so many ground balls. He's pounding the ball into the ground. But even from the time from that I did the little thread on him earlier this week, I will say 
he's went from 2.2 to 5.8 launch angle. So he's getting there. Yeah. I mean, well, he's, he hits the ball. He hits the crap out of the ball every time he's not walking as much as he usually does. And he's striking out more, but if that's one that I would, I personally would advise against just because like you said, if he finds the right uh, swing and starts getting it, he's going to be a monster. We all know this. Yeah. Well, let's say this, let's say maybe not drop him today, but next week we will revisit. Yeah. We'll revisit Vladdy. And if, will you say if he has another bad week next week, would you drop him? I'll follow that up then because I'm, <laughs> I'm so torn. I'm such a Vladido Homer that I just, yeah. he's got to work on his body. That's the biggest thing. He, yeah. the quarantine, everybody, all of us have put a quarantine 15 on it. He looks like a quarantine 30, yeah. which I hate to see because he was already a bad body guy, but mm-hmm. I just, I want to see him get some lift on the ball. Cause there, I mean, last year you had a 115 mile per hour single from him just because he, just the straight line drive. It's so hard to see him struggle. So yeah, we'll follow that up. That one up. I actually like doing that for all of these. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't see why not. I mean, I we, I mean, well, we we kind of skipped over it. Let's just let's, <laughs> last week. I mean, you went three for three on your starting sits. I, I I had one for three. I mean, I told everybody to go pick up Vince Velasquez. I hope you weren't listening to me. <laughs> I was just hoping that he would eventually put it together, but of course he didn't. Um, Nate, Nate Evaldi did have a, a, a good start, so mm-hmm. that one I, I had okay with. Um, who were some of the guys that you said again? Uh, I had start Garrett Richards. I had uh, sit Mike fulton and there's something <laughs> just wrong with him. I don't know what it is, but even seeing pictures from – 2018 playoffs to last season to this season he's lost a lot of weight so I don't know if he's sick I don't like I can't really speculate on any of that but he's lost a lot of weight and I don't know why that could be like the greatest call already of the year I mean you said to sit him and then they literally cut him after his start so (laughs) I'll admit I did not see that coming (laughs) like I was not calling for that but yeah, it was uh, start Garrett Richards, sit Fultonevich, and start. Oh, it was somebody earlier in the week. Well, here you can look it up, and then, like I said, um, I I did do one on three in pitchers, but we all know the episode title last week <laughs> was "Pick Up Your Stremski." So I did um, follow through there. So hopefully everybody did. I think this is going to keep going. Uh, the Giants lineup uh, literally proved me wrong, but as we all know, I'm a Giants fan, so I love it. Uh, we have uh, Donovan Solano leading the league in RBIs. Like, whoever thought that would be, <laughs> I didn't even think he was going to be a starter, let alone do what he's doing. So they're proving me wrong. I mean, Longoria came back and is hitting the cover off the ball. Uh, Alex Dickerson's uh, performing pretty well. So I'm not going to sit here. I mean, we do have a catching prospect. I don't know if you, you can call him a prospect. Uh, Chadwick Trump. Uh, the The tagline is trump 2020 yeah it's it's t-r-o-m-p because even listening to the game i'm like did they say trump i'm like no it's trump with an o which is weird and he had a huge three-run homer today so hopefully he keeps getting at bats with heineman so uh yeah i mean they proved me wrong 
and I'm never going to be mad that they proved me wrong, but I was wrong. Did you find out who your other start was? It was Brady Singer. I looked oh. it up, and it was Brady Singer, and that was the other call that I had. So Yeah. But, but, I mean, so what? So now we know you did really well last week. Who are some of your, who are some of your starting sits this week? I don't know if I can go three for three again, but <laughs> let's see if I can. <laughs> so my first one is later in the week. He just pitched today, and that's going to be John Lester of the Cubs. At this point, he draws the St. Louis Cardinals, and I'm hoping that obviously the Cardinals have their situation under control and that he'll be able to pitch. I mean, he's a guy that I think this delayed season really helped him kind of refresh his body because he was a guy that looked bad the last few years. He's limited the walks because that was the toughest thing. Plus, he gets to play in St. Louis, so it's a pitcher's ballpark which works in his favor and the cardinals don't seem to have any firepower at this point there they currently have a 660 ops as a team there's nothing really there that scares me so give me john lester on friday in st louis against the cardinals as long as the game is actually going on because their game with the tigers tomorrow is is postponed so (laughs) let's see if they get to actually play yeah there's a lot of a lot of like that like with we don't know if teams are going to play for sure next week, but my start is Griffin Canning. Uh, I don't know if you were able to see his start yesterday against the Astros. No, I missed uh, it. He looked really good. I mean, he, um, let's see here. He went, he had five, five strikeouts against Houston yesterday. Um, don't think he got the win. I'm not completely sure on that. I don't, I think the game uh, got out of hand in the extra a little bit later after he's out. But he looked good. His stuff's always been good. He's been big, he's been a, a pretty big prospect, and he's going against the Mariners. On if if everything uh, adds up with probable pitchers, he should be pitching Thursday against the Mariners. And I just like that matchup a lot, especially with him looking good against Houston. Mm-hmm. I think he could look even better against uh, the Mariners for sure. And that's the hardest part. I know uh, a few people, a few other fantasy writers, have been having issues of trying to do streaming because. A lot of these teams honestly aren't putting out their probable pitchers. They're kind of going, okay, obviously we're recording on a Sunday. They're putting out their Monday and maybe Tuesday starters, but a lot of them really aren't. It's just kind of the next day. They're playing it day by day, hour by hour, it feels like. So, I mean, take take it for what it is from us, but we're just trying to do the math on it. Yeah, no, and another thing would would work out is, um, especially with uh, probable pitchers, we are both – pretty big in, in Twitter, you know, if you, if we're tweeting out saying uh, for sure, we're, we have Griffin Canning playing Thursday and we talked about it in the podcast that we, that we should start him. You guys should follow us. I mean, what's your, what's your uh, Twitter handle again? It's at dad socks. Yep. And I'm at bears fan 52 So definitely follow us. Give us a follow. If you listen to the podcast and we'll be talking about it because we might not know on a Sunday but there could be something that happens on a Wednesday that we could just tweet out. And if you're following us, you'll, you'll be able to see what we're talking about. So I've got one more start this week. Cause obviously we were having trouble with trying to figure out who's going to pitch and when, and obviously teams are trying to use stretch some guys out still early on in the season, but we talked about him, and it is Christian Javier. He's my second guy taking on Arizona. And yeah. this diamondbacks team is so bad. I know they weren't, Last year, they actually put together a good season. Not fantastic, but this D-backs team just looks so bad. 
And you've got Cattell Marte, Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar. But outside of those guys, you really don't have anything fantastic. Currently, they're even worse than the Cardinals. And the fact that Christian Javier was able to flash his stuff against a great Dodgers team. I mean, the Diamondbacks have the tape for it now, but he's always had electric stuff. He has the strikeout ability. And if he's figured out how to not walk them, that's perfect. Especially the Diamondbacks right now, I'm pulling up their team OPS, currently are the worst in the league with a 533 OPS. Their on base oh. is 268 and their slugging is 265. This oh, team man. is garbage. They have one triple, two home runs. <laughs> there is just nothing here. So, you know I what? Both it's... home runs are from Marte. Uh, <laughs> to tell. Yeah, I could be wrong on that though, but definitely check me on that. But I, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's you've got all the upside in the world there. He may strike out twelve guys. I wouldn't be surprised at this point if he did. They look so bad. Yeah, I don't have another start as of right now. But like I said, I will throw one on Twitter this week when I see the probable matchups and, and definitely give the viewers another one. But I do have my sit, and this is it's Adrian Hauser. Um, I just. I know he has good stuff, and I know he's a good pitcher. It's just the matchups against the White Sox and the Reds, if those both do, if that is how it works out, I'm definitely not playing. I mean, we have the White Sox as, I mean, as you know, because you're their fan, uh, they're the, they have the best average in baseball as a team, you know, so obviously they can hit the, the crap out of the ball. And in the Reds, we all know their lineup is, is is pretty stacked. They might not have had a great week this week, but you have a, a great lineup. And I just – I don't want to put my pitcher – I don't want to go get somebody that is going to go get both those lineups this week. Yeah, I don't blame you on that. Especially, I believe they are – I'm trying to actually pull up the schedule right now, but I believe they might both be in Milwaukee. Or no, let's see – I think the White Sox are in Milwaukee. Yeah, but yeah, I, don't know I know that one is, but uh, it's Hauser's looked good. But at the same time, like you said, both these lineups are really scary. The fact that, uh, especially now with the White Sox having Nick Madrigal, he's going to be a pain in the ass of any pitcher out there just because he's going to put the ball in play. And yeah. The Reds, Nick Castellanos has looked awesome so far. Mike Moustakis, as long as he's still healthy, uh, will be really good. And it's just, it's a tough go. So, yeah, they yeah, are – the first two games for the White Sox are at the Brewers, then they play in Chicago. Yeah, so it just depends on whatever matchup he gets. Mm-hmm. But I do know that the, they are playing Cincinnati in Milwaukee. So, I mean, yeah, that's just another reason why I, I wouldn't want to – I mean, even in Cincinnati, it's not a great area. Yeah, not any better. Yeah. So that's who I would sit this week, especially if you went out and got him because he had a good start last, uh, this last week. So that's somebody that I would sit. I I wouldn't drop him at all, but I just wouldn't, maybe, especially if you're in a lineup where you plug and play throughout the week. He's going to have two starts this week. And I think both of them aren't going to be great. So I wouldn't put him in my lineup. Yeah, and especially especially early in the week, too, you don't want to get yourself killed on a questionable start. If it's Saturday or Sunday and you're already trailing an ERA or whip or something and you need the Ks, all right, go for it. But, yeah, I, I don't see running the risk early in the week and killing your week that fast. So Yeah, I agree 100%. My sit for the week, though, is 
the other half of that Tuesday matchup between the Houston Astros and the Arizona Diamondbacks, and that is Madison Baumgartner. As even though the trash cans obviously aren't in favor of the Astros this year, they obviously haven't been using them. They still have been really good. The average isn't up there, but they're on base. Their slugging is starting to get there. And that's all without Altuve or Springer being all that dangerous compared to previous years. And I mean, Bumgarner's looked pretty hittable. The fact that he's only got nine strikeouts in 11 innings and four walks to go along with it, uh, eight hits. It's not a strong start for him. I know it's obviously in, uh, it's in Houston or no, sorry. It's in Arizona. So it kind of plays to his strengths a little bit better, but Houston's starting to click. They're starting to get everything rolling. And even though they don't have the bangs anymore, it's, that that lineup is scary. So Bumgarner, he's not what he used to be. I'm not taking that risk at all, even though he may be highly owned or streamable. I I just can't condone putting him out there. Yeah, I agree. Quick question before we end the show. Are you recording the Yankees game? No. Okay, Why would so I? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you did. <laughs> so I am uh, looking at it on the side here, and – Colin Moran is no longer tied with Aaron Judge. Uh, Aaron Judge just hit another homer in the oh bottom of the eighth. God. He now has six homers this year. Jeez, he that has been on a tear. Insane. Like at this point, why even pitch to him? I mean, I don't know. I mean, he's not like he's he's what I think he's batting like two eighty or two ninety right now. Yeah, ninety, but he. He literally is just every time he hits the ball, it's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to give that little update because we talked about Colin Moran being tied. He no longer is tied, so cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He'll go pick him up, but I did want to let you guys know that that's what just happened as Jeez. we're recording this episode. I mean, it, this is the this is what the Yankees basically prepped for. They wanted Stanton and Judge and all these guys healthy because they are just absolute terrors. But, oh, my, Judge is just hot in the season. And he actually got traded to one of the worst teams in our uh, home league, a team that he's a huge Yankees fan, so he's tried to collect all the Yankees that he can. But this one's obviously worked out in his favor this first week. Yeah. Oh, God. That is is something special right there. Well, let's hope. Let's cross our fingers and hope our starts and sits work out for us in our favor this time. And, like I said, we're going to follow up with some of our starts and sits like we we're always going to always do that. And we're going to follow up on Vladdy because I, I kind of want to do this this year to see if, see how long it's going to take John to budge. On <laughs> if he keeps playing bad. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. He's got all the talents in the world and we'll always follow up with these. Some shows don't, whether it's obviously just sports talk, whether it's fantasy baseball, things like that. I always like following up on what we said because why not hold ourselves accountable? We're trying to do that for the point. So yeah, no, definitely. 100%. I agree. I'm just hoping at this point next week, we have some more baseball to talk about. I don't <laughs> want to see, see the season banged. So if you've got anything else, Mike, I, I know I'm done. I've had, I've enjoyed this one. I'm good. Yeah. Let's, let's go on for week two and <laughs> let's, and what we'll do even is if, if something happens and they do cancel us tomorrow or this week, like I said, follow us on Twitter and we'll talk about um, when we might be posting the weekly shows on some dynasty help. So we'll definitely, we'll definitely keep you guys in in 
and going on and letting you know what would be happening if something does happen. But we're going to cross our fingers and hope that that doesn't happen. Yep, I'm excited for it. So I hope you guys all go out there, get a lot of wins this week. Hopefully you can find some of those secret diamonds that we gave for you. So at this point, I just want to say I'm out. I'm out. Have a good one, everyone.